Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking of Green. I am your hostess, Beth Bond, curator of Sustainable News at Southeast Green, the largest online news site for sustainable business and environmental policy in the southeastern United States. Today, I am very honored and uh, looking forward to this conversation greatly to be um, hosting Tim Trester. I'm I'm mumbling your name, Tim. I'm sorry, Trester, who is the head of environmental sustainability and corporate social responsibility for the Georgia Dome, Georgia World Congress Center, Centennial Olympic Park, and the Savannah International Trade Center and Convention Center since 2010. Tim has overseen improved um, facility operations, reduced impacts of hosted events, and worked with stakeholders to improve the well-being of the community. As a lead accredited professional, he administered the Georgia World Congress Center's LEED Silver Certification in 2014 and an anticipated LEED Gold Recertification in 2017, making it the largest LEED certified convention center in the world. In 2017, he also guided the Savannah International Trade and Convention Center to LEED Gold Certification. Since 2015, he's consulted for college football playoff and Super Bowl managing various aspects of sustainability efforts placed around these mega sporting events. For the 2018 College Football Playoff National Championship and Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta, Tim is Sustainability Chair for the Atlanta Football Host Committee and Atlanta Super Bowl 53 Host Committee. Tim is a faculty associate at Arizona State University where he teaches the Global Context Sustainability courses on the online Master's for Sustainability Leadership Program. He earned a bachelor's degree from my alma mater, too, which is Florida State (laughs) University, and a master's degree from Arizona State University. But, Tim, we're going to spare everybody, and we're not going to talk about Florida State this year. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) I've just been telling people we're just praying for 2018 and just move on. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Beth. Thanks for having me again. It's uh, It's been a little while since we've chatted here, so I appreciate you having me back. Well, and, I mean, amazing, amazing accomplishments. So um, let's, let's start off by talking about the dedication to um, really providing leadership for LEAD, because that's, that's what we're doing here in Atlanta and now Savannah. Yeah, you know, convention centers in particular and stadiums and arenas as well have such a difficult time benchmarking their operations due to the sheer uh, fact that the nature of our business fluctuates so significantly year to year. Um, So it's really hard for us to see increases in energy efficiency or water efficiency or waste diversion when the number of events we have each year could vary, the types of events, the size of the events, um, and a number of other factors. So that's what we like about LEED certification. It gives us the opportunity to benchmark our operations and maintenance against other convention centers that are doing the same. And um, like you mentioned, yeah, the Congress Center achieved LEED Silver certification three years ago, um, at which time it became the largest LEED certified convention center in the world. And um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, wink, wink, I'm hoping to 
uh, have a LEED Gold certified facility on our hands. Um, and we did achieve LEED Gold at the Savannah International Trade and Convention Center just this past July as well. So LEED is really a great tool for us. It allows us to really focus on um, doing things better and then being able to compare ourselves against other facilities um, in ways that we're not typically able to. Right. Well, and let's talk about the the money side of it right now. And let's just also mention, and we're going to get a little bit deeper, that I just got I just got a press release or an email notification or something that Mercedes Benz Dome is platinum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They um, so they we, just announced it on Wednesday that they've uh, they've achieved lead platinum certification for new construction and it's the first professional sports facility in the world to achieve lead platinum certification and also um, has achieved more lead points than any other sporting facility in the world it, it achieved 88 points and you only need 80 to get platinum so that's impressive yeah wow um so we'll we'll get a little deeper in that in a minute but um I think a lot of times, you know, the um, you know it feels good and, and we feel like we're doing the right thing for the environment, which, of course, is incredibly important. But there is a financial play to this side. Do you want to talk about sort of the financial benefits um, having LEED as you know, your building certified as LEED means for the city of Atlanta and Savannah? Yeah, I think there are some tangible and intangible benefits Um you know, obviously the PR that goes goes along with it is really important and helps attract events to Atlanta in a lot of cases. You know, we're we're looking forward to hosting uh, U.S. Green Building Council's Green Build International Conference and Expo in 2019. So part of the reason that they decided to come back to Atlanta um, was the fact that we achieved LEED certification. And a lot of these major mega events, um, particularly college football playoff, Super Bowl, Final Four, um, and some other citywide events, include sustainability criteria in their RFPs when they're searching for host cities and host venues. And so um, this you know, really allows us to attract some of these major events that ordinarily may, uh, you know, it could be the deciding factor in some cases. So, um, as more and more meeting planners realize the importance of environmental sustainability and the impact that their events have on the various host cities that they go to, um, it's becoming more and more important, and uh, it's definitely top of mind for a lot of meeting planners. So I like to think that our LEED certification, while I can't directly uh, pinpoint events coming simply because we're LEED certified, I can say that a lot of events attribute part of the um, their decision to come here to our LEED certification. Well, and I would imagine um, there's only – I know it's been growing, and you've been very active nationally in the sort of the green meeting um, conversation. But I would imagine, you know, especially for sort of medium-sized cities, you know, that may not be able to pursue or may not see the value of pursuing it, that having this certification helps us in a, a much narrower field than before. Right, yeah. And, you know, what's what's interesting is the – Congress Center, for instance, which is uh, 3.9 million square feet, the fourth largest convention center in the country, 
is now competing with some of these medium-sized cities or uh, tier two cities like Charlotte and Nashville that typically uh, we never had to worry about before, but now they've developed brand new lead certified convention centers. Um, so yeah, this is a way for us to kind of compete and make it a level playing field with uh, a lot of our competition that's building brand new buildings, Where whereas we've got a 40-year-old facility that uh, we've had to retroactively fine-tune and, um, and go through the lead for operations and maintenance category. Well, and that's very insightful, right? Um, because, you know, our friend Dennis Creech used to always say the greenest building is the building that you don't start from scratch. Um, and so people who are starting from scratch, it's, it's a lot easier to do lead than it is to go back and retrofit, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. So let's talk about um, moving forward in regards to, I know you um, that the Falcons have, I don't want to say control, but they're running the, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But tell us about how that uh, what that looked like in regards to getting it up to speed and and um, and what kind of experience that was. Yeah, no, that was a, a great experience. Um, you know, the the Georgia World Congress Center Authority, the uh, state authority that I work for, um, has a 35-year lease with the Falcons to operate that facility. So, um, you know, they're – they're the ones operating it, unlike at the Georgia Dome, which we owned and operated. Um, but part of the agreement that we had with the Falcons was to include lead certification and those uh, standards in the design and construction of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so that was always part of the conversation, but um, at one point, Arthur Blank, when, when uh, we were tracking lead gold, he, he decided that we ought to go for lead platinum. And, and so it was a concerted effort to focus on fine-tuning we, wherever we can. And, uh, um, you know, fortunately, the building was designed to be extremely energy efficient. It, was, um, it actually achieved all the water credits within lead that it possibly could. I think it's the first facility to do that. Uh, under the new LEED version 4. So um, it's extremely water efficient as well. And, you know, just simply due to the location being downtown, having mass transit uh, at its doorstep, there's there are a lot of other sustainability benefits to it as well. Well, um, can we go over some of those? Because I don't think a lot of people sort of know the commitment. And platinum, I mean, it is a huge leap from you know, silver or gold to platinum. So can, tell us some, you know, tell us some of the most cool thing. You know, don't tell us about the HVAC. We know the HVAC is like, you know, <laughs> stellar. But like right. the stuff that's cool that we didn't, we, you, people wouldn't think about. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, there's, we work closely with them and uh, they're, they're one of their sustainability partners, Georgia Power, to install 1.6 megawatts of solar uh, throughout the Georgia World Congress Center campus. So we've, we've currently got it um, in three different areas, and uh, so that's enough power to, 
it generates enough power to um, power almost 200 homes in Georgia each year. Uh, they've included um, dozens of electric vehicle charging stations, which is a huge benefit for those fans that are coming from from the suburbs and from out of town so that they can charge up while they're attending an event at the stadium. Um, and surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the uh, the number of fans to Falcons games that take MARTA is one of, if not the highest, in the NFL uh, n- amount of fans that take mass transit, which is um, in the upper 20%. So um, that's pretty impressive, especially here in Atlanta, to have that many people taking MARTA uh, to events at the stadium. Um, there's a number of other great things. As I mentioned, from a water standpoint, it's uh, it's been designed to collect all the water that hits the roof and be stored in a um, huge cistern under uh, behind the stadium, which that water is then used to uh, support the cooling towers. It is also used for irrigation around the stadium. Um, there's waterless urinals throughout which isn't that uncommon anymore but that was uh that was a big step for a large stadium like that um so you know i think the idea behind the building was to design it to be an outdoor facility which will close occasionally or close as necessary so it was really designed to be open air um and i know for for future seasons, they intend to have it that way. I think this year, as they work out some kinks and operational things, uh, it's been closed the majority of the time. But um, going forward, that's kind of the idea, and that obviously is a huge energy efficiency measure that contributes to LEED. Right. Well, um, I have several things to, to, to touch on. One, woohoo, solar! I had no idea that much had been installed. Um, I scooped the installation on top of the parking deck. Um, yeah. Someone who might be involved with that gave me a little heads up that they were installing the day they were installing, but I didn't realize it. I and mean, I know that has been a long-term goal for y'all at the Georgia World Congress Center, so I'm so thrilled that that happened. Uh, charging stations, yay. Um, I, you know, I, it's Thankfully, it's really starting um, to hit home that this is a really great way to not only um, reduce your carbon footprint, but to help, you know, health of the folks. It's um, so much cleaner to be driving EVs than it is to be um, driving um, gas, gasoline cars. Um, the other thing is is waterless urinals. Waterless urinals have been around a long time, but I think it's a really bold um, move to put it in a stadium because, let's face it, that stadium's you know, when it's busy, it's busy. That's exactly right, and I mean they do have to be maintained um, pretty regularly, you know, cleaning out the filters. So it's not as simple as just installing a a pint flush urinal that doesn't have to be maintained as frequently. But that, yeah, that is a big deal. I know a lot of facilities haven't gone to waterless yet, so for them to have made that leap um, at such a large scale is impressive. Well, and. Do they have any estimates on how many gallons of um, water are being saved just from that move alone? 
I don't know just from the urinal standpoint, but I do know that for lead, they are able to show 47% less water used than a standard, uh, or rather than the baseline standard. So nearly half as much as uh, an, an equivalent standard building, which is um, one of the highest I've ever seen. And I've been working on lead facilities for nearly 10 years, so that's huge. Yeah, that that's amazing. And given sort of the history of water issues in Atlanta, I'm sure the the city is happy that they don't have another burden that they have have to deal with in regards to water usage. Exactly. And you know, in part of the um you may have planned to ask me about it, but the the dome as you know is going to be um imploded on Monday. And part you of the You stole my question. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I I guess I'm jumping ahead, but I was going to say that in addition to the implosion, you know, once once the building is down, um, that site will eventually become a vegetated parking area slash park. So not only will it become pervious to the rainwater that hits it, but it will help avoid some of the stormwater issues that um, the west side of Atlanta has experienced in the past just just sheerly due to the imperviousness of downtown Atlanta. So um, there are some good things coming out of out of that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm now since since you sort of, I mean, just two seconds in front of me on that question. Tell us about what a vegetative parking area looks like. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll go through the whole process for you. What okay. what's going to happen on Monday is once the building is down virtually all of that material will be either concrete or steel rebar. So they're going to remove the steel rebar and have that recycled uh, through scrap metal. And then the majority of the concrete on site will then start be ground up. uh, And as they grind it up, they're going to build up that site because obviously it was a bowl for uh, for the field. And they'll build up the site to a flat, higher surface with the concrete from the structure itself. And then once they've done that, they're going to top it off with um, a thin layer of vegetation. And I'm not exactly sure what kind of vegetation, but it'll look like a, it'll almost look like a park itself that people will be able to park their vehicles on during uh, for tailgating. And then during non-event days, it's planned to be activated for through parks. Um, they've actually got the Falcons have hired an individual solely to focus on activating that site during non-event days um, with the community. So I think they'll plan on having farmers markets. They'll be able to fit a an entire soccer field on that site. So I think they plan on using it for some sporting events with the community and other things. So um, it'll it'll look like a vegetated swath of land for the most part. But but it's not going to be live plants. It's going to be. I'm, it will. I guess I'm a little. It will be live plants, and and they're yeah. not worried about the burden of the tailgating. That's interesting. Well, uh, someone smarter than me has figured out how, and I think that's what what the what the type of vegetation that it is is going to be hardy enough to withstand the vehicle traffic. I think they'll also have specified lanes so that vehicles aren't driving on 
all of the all of the lot but in specified areas so someone's figured it out that it'll survive um even with all the activity that'll be going on you mean the the campers that unpack basically a living room's worth of stuff in the lot next to them so they can <laughs> hang out for 4 hours i'm not complaining right. but let's i'm just trying to paint the picture you know the 400 pound grill and mm-hmm. <laughs> all the Activity that goes around that. Well, that's great, and that's really innovative, and I'm sure that got some uh, lead points, or maybe it's too early to get lead points for that, but that sounds fantastic. Now, yeah. I want to ask a little bit about the turf, or because it's uh, as you mentioned, the goal is open aired. Is it? And I thought it was supposed to be grass, but I was watch actually watching the game the other day, and it didn't really look like grass to me. Is it turf right now with the hope to be grass, or what? What's the deal with the field? Um, no, it is not real grass. It is turf, the playing field, and I believe the plan is to keep it that way. I do recall at one point that being part of the conversation, but I think it's been determined just due to the um, the number of events and the time that it would take to swap out uh, real grass for turf um, became too, too challenging, so they've stuck with simply... Um, field turf. Right. Well, in some ways, that's really more sustainable given the the use, right? Um, Because trying to keep grass um, all the time is just, doesn't feel very sustainable because the extra care that it needs with with the use it's intended for. Yeah. So, well, that is really cool. So, um, you're going to be upgrading, you said, to gold. What are some of the things that you did to get to gold level at the Georgia World Congress Center? Well, it was really um, one major project that we completed earlier this year, which was a $28 million energy-saving performance contract. So what we did was we partnered with Train, um, who essentially um, fronted the money to swap out essentially all light bulbs on our campus for LED. So that's more than 60,000 light bulbs that have been swapped out for LEDs. We um, changed our entire central chilling plant to high efficiency equipment. And we had a number of other energy and water saving technologies installed as part of this project so that now that we've been, we've completed it, we've been guaranteed to save 39% on our utilities at a minimum going forward. And those savings that we see then go to pay train to cover the costs of the project. So essentially we didn't have to pay anything out of our pocket. Um, And that's great, especially for a state authority that um, otherwise would have had to likely have gone through legislation. Um, that was a, just a creative way for us to um, fund a lot of improvements around our campus. And you may recall that that was part of um, legislation that was passed back in 2010, uh, I want to yeah. say, um, to allow state facilities to engage in energy-saving performance contracts. So we were one of the first facilities in the state to actually complete that process, and we're the largest public assembly facility in the country that we're aware of to have gone through it. Well, and so once again, Atlanta gets to LEAD, not LEED. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. And 
you know, I mean, for for us to be saving at least 39 percent, um, that's a significant amount of savings for a facility our size and um, for as active with events that we are throughout the year. That's um, a big deal. So we're really proud of that. And um, ultimately, those significant savings really helped us get up to the gold level of uh, our LEED certification. So um, I'm going to ask the financial question, which is, is the full savings difference going to be paid back to train, or do you get to keep a little bit of that? Is there some type of split in the savings, or is just until the $28 million is paid back, um, they get the savings difference guaranteed? No, I believe the way that it works, and I, I hope I'm not speaking wrongly, but I believe that anything greater than 39% that we save goes to our bottom line. So we get to take advantage of that, and Train gets the 39% savings that they've guaranteed. Well, and I think so it's that's really an a win-win. Point. Yeah. yeah, but really important for people to know that there's 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 even potential greater savings. Um, I'm going to ask. I, I, I guess I'm not going to ask the next question. That, I know that's terrible for our, our listeners, um, but I will skip it. It's political in nature, and I'll just I'll just skip it. Um, so um, so when is the payback? I think it's important for people to know like how long the estimated payback is um, for train. Yeah, I believe it was 17 years. So we have a 17 uh, year agreement with them. So we're in it for the long haul with them. And um, I, I believe that was the final, the final timeline. But I would, I would imagine that 17 years is based on um, a, some type of projected conservative rate increase. And so, That's if rate exactly increases right. are right, and so if rate increases are higher, then y'all will actually gain more. Exactly, you're exactly right. And some really smart people were able to determine what those, you know, put together essentially this very complex calculation to determine what would likely be coming in the future, as well as what we're anticipating to save from an energy standpoint which is challenging enough to determine because, again, our our number of events could change each year, the size of events. If we had a consumer electronics trade show compared to a volleyball tournament, they're going to be using a lot more energy than the volleyball tournament. So it's tough to determine exactly what those savings would be, but um, Train had some great um, engineers and partners, and you know we also worked with GFA and JISFIC on this, so... Uh, a lot of people were involved and able to determine this overall payback. Wow. I, you know, I just have to say Atlanta rocks. I get in trouble for bragging about Atlanta, but if, from a sustainability standpoint at least, if you look at the commitment over and over and over from a state perspective, from a city perspective to county perspectives, um, we really are trying to to set a tone and a standard so other people can follow. And, you know, I love it that we're willing to be the guinea pig. You know, we'll, we'll be the guinea pig and then prove that it works so other people feel more comfortable doing it. I agree. And I, I think especially, you know, downtown here in in what's very a touristy area, we've got – we are I mean, if we're not the densest district of LEED-certified event space in the world, I don't know who is, but we've got – 
you know, Phillips Arena was the first lead certified NBA arena in the world. Uh, with Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Georgia World Congress Center, the National Center for Civil and Human Rights, the World of Coca-Cola, the College Football Hall of Fame, all of these lead certified venues, I'd say we're leading in the world in terms of sustainability and event space. Which means when USGBC gets here um, with Greenbuild, it's going to be a very exciting conversation. I would think so. I mean, they've got a lot of buildings to show off while they're here, so I'm sure that all played a big role in why they're coming back to host Greenbuild. Right. Well, and within a half mile, maybe maybe a mile tops. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Totally right. walkable. Yes, exactly. And that's what that's really what sets Atlanta apart from other uh, convention cities, other mega sporting event host sites. You know, we are so walkable. It's such a great setup for all these events that, um, you know, that also helps keep them coming back for more. Right, exactly. Well, Tim, thank you for getting us up to date. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you again, Beth. Um, I, I I just, I want to just, say thank you for your leadership and um this is really really exciting and it's just really cool i mean when the metrics really start to come in they're going to be some really pretty graph charts that's for sure um if people want to invite you to speak at their uh, event or come talk about this a little bit more um where do they where where should they go to get more information Yeah, no, I'd love that. Um, They can find more information both on how to contact me as well as our um, overall sustainability and corporate social responsibility efforts on our website. It's gwcca.org. So that stands for Georgia World Congress Center Authority.org. Great, and we will look forward to posting the the news when you all get that uh, gold certification level finalized. Well, I appreciate it. Be on the lookout for something from me, hopefully soon. Great. Have a great weekend, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. Great. Thanks, Beth. You too. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. So how do I know I'm a geek? I get excited talking about energy efficiency, but, I mean, come on. How can you not get excited about your convention center saving 40% of their electricity? That's really amazing. Um and, you know, to get this amazing upgrade and it not cost, I mean, what a great model to not cost anything. And, you know, I guess the takeaway is is performance contracting, especially on these size of, a, of buildings, is not easy. As he said, the, the law went into effect in 2010. We covered it on Southeast Green, but, you know, it took seven years to figure it out. But, wow, seven years um, has paid off, right? Very exciting. Um and it's just it's it's just really cool to see human solving um issues the way we've um especially spent a lot of time on Southeast Green talking about that, you know, we can solve it and we just have to work together and be collaborative and innovative and I think uh this whole program does. I have not been to the new stadium yet. Um I am hoping I can get a tour and do some coverage for y'all and so we can geek out more about um all the things happening at the stadium. Certainly one point Six uh, megawatts of solar is very exciting. I know Tim's been working a long time on that, too, 
And um, so hopefully we'll have some video and some stories coming out of that. I want to thank you so much. Um, I know this is going to date the piece, but I can't help it. It's just part of who I am. We are going into Thanksgiving weekend, so for those of you all celebrating the holiday next week, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And um, don't forget that we have lots of things on Southeast Green for you to get involved in, including our Green Biz Directory, and here's a little bit more about it. Did you know that one of the ways we like to support the sustainability community is by providing an opportunity for businesses of all sizes to be in our green business directory listing? You should get on it because we are getting thousands of visitors every year on all sizes of businesses, and it's very exciting for the folks who are listed on the green business directory. This is what you do to get on. You go to southeastgreen.com. On the second tab, there is the Green Business Directory listing. Click on that. There will be a drop-down menu, and you can join the Green Business Directory listing today. Not only will you be on the listing, but you will be sent out to over 10,000 accounts on our social media connections, and you'll also be listed in our next newsletter. So what are you waiting for? Join today. And we are signing out with DJ Lang, Drops of H2O.